1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors over everything podcast. My name is Ahmed Man. Rate, review, subscribe, follow me on Twitter at Amit underscore Man. You can find my fella here as Fandir uh content creator with the Score. At uh, where, where can they find you? I mean, people probably follow you already, but yeah. You know, anyways.
2: at at Just As Barryhenny. It's all cool. It's all simple. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Amit?
1: I'm doing well, man. Be also because I got a feeling. I got a a brewing feeling in my gut that the Raptors are going to beat the Philadelphia 76ers in this best-of-seven series. And as a matter of fact, you got the same feeling. So uh, with S, we're going to go through five reasons why. Uh, there could be more. Who knows? They probably come up uh, while we discuss it. But uh, five <laughs> reasons why the Toronto Raptors will beat the Philadelphia 76ers in their best-of-seven series, which begins on Saturday night. Not during the day they got a primetime slot. I feel really I feel really bad, just low-key. Dallas and Utah, the first game. Like, yeah. Utah's playing to- <laughs> They're playing a game in Utah, I believe, or wherever it is. It's going to be like before 12 p.m. there. That's crazy. (laughs) I feel bad for them.
2: It's going to be like 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be insane. It's crazy because, you know, the Raptors are usually slotted that 12 p.m. time, first game every year, you know, but this time, uh, this time
1: it's different, so. Exactly. So S, start us off with reason one, why the Raptors will beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Go ahead. Plain and simple, man, they do not have
2: anybody who can guard Pascal Siakam. Um, nope. I, I think especially with, you know, Matisse Tybel not being in el- eligible for playing in Toronto in games three, four and six, um, it just adds another wrinkle. They, they lose one more defender. But on top of that, none of their wing guys are guys who are well prepped to guard a guy. Who's as fast and as versatile as Pascal Siakam? It's just plain and simple. That's one of the main reasons I really think the Raptors have an advantage here. I mean, if you look at what the what he's done in the games that he's played against the Sixers, it's been some phenomenal work. He's had a th- he had the thirty-seven point triple double recently against them. Yeah. He, I believe he had another thirty-point game uh, game against them a little bit earlier. So he's he's clearly he clearly likes this matchup. And I know a lot of people have brought up, oh well, you know you can throw Joel Embiid on him. Yes, that may have been true in 2019, but just like that Fat Joe video, yesterday's Pascal (laughs) Siakam is not today's Pascal Siakam. So it's just it's a a different story. Like it doesn't even compare um, in terms of what he can do offensively. And look, he can create for others now, too. So if he's drawing that type of attention, especially from Embiid, that means that other guys are going to be left open. And that's going to cause an array of other problems for the Sixers,
1: too. Another meme to go with uh, with what you just said. You know what they say about the old days. They're the old days. They're so the why- old days, yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? So absolutely, I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying there. Um, I think about, just so everyone's clear, is what Pascal Siakam averaged against the 76ers this year. So that is just an assault of a team. That is a person who is very comfortable in this matchup. And I look at the players that they're going to be deploying, like excluding Joel Embiid, because I think that's probably a last resort. They don't want to do that, and we'll get to some of that in in a second. But um, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, Yang, all players that Nick Nurse would typically – create some actions so pascal could get that matchup that's how comfortable he is against yeah. those three players and they got no one else like the you mentioned him but even like he's a great great defender great uh, team defender but he's six five two ten like that's a player that pascal will absolutely abuse that's a person that again you want pascal to be f- posting up against or working in that free throw line extended area which he is so comfortable in nowadays and that wasn't yeah. always the case but now he is playing the best basketball of his NBA career. Yeah, I so said like six thousand times because it's true. And I think like this recent stretch is probably going to get him on the All NBA, All NBA team. It seems like you know seeing some of these ballots come out. And I'm seeing a lot of Siakam on that third team. Um, so he's yeah. clearly gotten the attention of the NBA as a whole. And I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to continue to continue to do this. And then with the uh, Joel Embiid, once you switch him on to Pascal you're creating a lot of problems on the other sides, on the different sides of the, of your defense, because there's other mismatches for the Toronto Raptors. This is just a really juicy matchup. You know, if yeah. you want to go Scotty Barnes down low, you can do that. If you want to run some high low with OG and, and Siakam, you can do that. And he's such a great passer now that yeah. they just need Joel Embiid to be in like 11 different places, but he's only one man, unfortunately. And also you need him to get 25 and 30 or whatever on the, <laughs> on other, the other side end of the yeah. court. So yeah. like, how much are you going to work this guy? Um, I love this matchup. I think Pascal is going to feast. And uh, when they talk about, oh, well, I mean, the Sixers have like the superstar in the series. That very well could be true. Joel Embiid is like an MVP candidate and he's absolutely deserving of that. But Pascal, I don't think he's going to be that far off when it comes to his production game by game because of this very juicy matchup. The other thing that comes to mind for me is the Raptors just have more counters on both sides of the ball, which is kind of into the same vein of what we just discussed. But we know what the Sixers do, right? It's hard in isolation. It's dwell and beat isolation. It's Harden uh, hard in, in and pick and roll a little bit of maxi in there because he's a really, you know, really fun guard and he's really fast and I'm sure he's going to cause some issues and a few gains, but For that's sure. pretty much it because you're not going to run like a Matisse table, Tobias Harris, Danny green, pick and roll. Why? Because <laughs> they aren't those players, right? It's not a good idea. It's not going to go well. And with the Raptors, they just have so many rangy defenders that you're pretty much comfortable with almost anyone guarding anyone. And that can't be dismissed. This was part of the vision, is that if we have someone who can guard like one through five, truly, or at least like competently, we're going to be in pretty good shape. And I just don't see how the Sixers have the the depth to really execute in this matchup. And they lost a lot of their depth when they made the Harden trade. They lost Seth Curry. They lost Andre Drummond. They needed those. Those players would be very valuable right now.
2: It's funny because we've talked about it all season for the Raptors and the lack of depth that they've shown. But I actually mm. think in this matchup, the Raptors depth is a little bit more favorable because of that switchability, because of the exactly. counters that you say mentioned. They, they can throw out so many interchangeable lineups that it actually will be puzzling for the Sixers. And look, this kind of alludes to my, my third point here, where the Raptors are the perfect type of team to guard James Harden because mm-hmm. of that switchability, because of the yeah. fact that they can switch on any type of pick and roll. They're comfortable rotating and, and kind of figuring that out. They don't have to play your conventional drop coverage so that Harden can get floaters all over top of them. They don't have to like hedge and recover. And, and you know, Harden's, you know, let's talk about it. Harden's mobility, Go ahead. Go ahead. You, know, you know what I mean? It's just not there. And every single time that the Raptors have played him, it's been very noticeable that that switchability has been something that's bothered him um he can't get separation he can't kind of get to his spots like he wants to and it'll be interesting to see how he looks in this series because a lot of pressure will be on him I'd argue this may be the most amount of pressure he's he's ever had in his career because the time is ticking on him to father time is ticking on him to be able to get a championship but at the same time I just think this is a really really bad matchup for him there's guys who can guard him like you said OG Scotty Gary and you you can throw Pascal Fred you can throw a Gio, number keep going keep going there's, there's not there's not yeah. one player on this team that would would struggle against yeah. James Harden so i i just think it look it's it's a really bad matchup for Harden as well he is the beard at the end of the day he's still going to do some incredible things i i imagine but it's yeah. going to be tough on him and that's going to be a, another point for the raptors i think
1: Yeah. And like, I was looking at the players that the Raptors may be uncomfortable putting on James Harden. The only ones that I'm just like, maybe would be Kem and Fred just to a degree because of, you know, maybe Kem gets beat off the bounce or Fred just, you know, he's not as tall. So maybe the step back is falling for James finally, but that's pretty much it. Right. And even if those matchups did happen, I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, we can't do this. It's okay. You can see how those players would be able to uh, handle him. And if you're curious about the numbers against the Raptors in their last two games against so when these two teams uh, matched up, he's got 30 points, 8 of 24 shooting, 23 assists, very good, 13 of 16 from the free throw line, 1 of 8 from 3, 9 turnovers, and 4 of 13 on unassisted field goal attempts, which is essentially isolation. So to your point, S, like it's pretty much all written on the wall right there. He's just not the same player. He's not hitting threes. He's not uh, shooting very well around the rim. Draymond Green, on his podcast, he alluded to their strategy when they were uh, guarding James Harden in that Warriors rocket series. And he right. said, all our plan was, was just tire him out. Like, let's just grind this out. And if he makes shots, he makes shots. If he dribbles, you know, and makes some fancy things happen, that's cool. But we'll bank on it at the end of the day, in a seven game series, we will be able to like outdo him enough to make sure that he doesn't go off on us, and I think the Raptors are in the same boat. They're like, I want to see you do this game in game out. The
2: thing is with Harden too is, and this is no offense to a guy who has been an MVP in the in the league and 100%. incredible. Want to make that but clear like- too. Yeah. He's, awesome. but he, he's, he's been, he's been fairly one track minded over the past couple of years. He doesn't, he hasn't improved this off ball capability. So it's not like he's going to be a, a danger off ball as well. You can kind of, if you're moving him off ball, that's kind of the best situation for you. If it's Maxi that's controlling the ball, or if it's anybody else, that's kind yeah. of your best, you know? So I, I just think in the situations where Harden wants to play in, the Raptors have all the counters in the world. And then if, if it's unsuccessful and they have to move hard and off the ball to be more of a catch and shoot guy, that's what you want to do because he's shooting a career low at in from, from three this season. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you live with that, you live with that, you die by that. And I'm completely fine. If you're a Raptors fan, you would be completely fine with that being the outcome. Yeah. So,
1: And he's also not even comfortable doing catch and shoot threes because yeah. he's not used to it because he's been so one track minded. Like you said, um, he's used to being a ball dominant guard, but what happens when all of a sudden your one-on-one ability kind of goes away Now you're at some points, you're going to be a liability on the court because they just lack a lot of uh, shot creation on their on their team. And um, Tobias Harris would be the next man up, I would imagine, or maybe Tyrese Maxey. But those aren't players that the Raptors are going to be too hesitant to just, you know, deploy whoever on again. um, Moving on to point four. I was looking at fouling and energy because between Mm. Joel Embiid and James Harden, they're getting uh, 17 free throws a game and Hey dog, how you you doing, buddy? I see you. (laughs) You Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) And he wants to get in the conversation. I got no problems with that. Um, (laughs) the Raptors did a much better job in their latest matchup staying composed. So James Harden only got six free throws and a few of those were kind of just like, eh, I'm not sure about that. And right. the Raptors strategy all season. And Fred Van Vlis talked about this too. He's like, yeah, I man, we foul a lot. We, we dig our hands in there for sure. We put our hands in the cookie jar, but come playoff time those aren't going to be called as much. And I look at that just example right there, that if they're losing, I said 17 free throws a game, it's 17 points a game. My apologies between Embiid and Harden from the free throw line. That's 17 a game. That's a lot of points. And so if some of those are going away, now you're asking these guys to, uh, I mean, get field goal made, field goals yeah. made. And yeah. if not able to do it against the Raptors defense, the reasons that we kind of outlined already where are you going to go? Like, what's going to be your outlet for offense? You're going to need some uh, players off your bench, a Danny Green, a Tobias Harris to have some incredible performances. They're capable of it. But right. are you going to bank on that over a seven-game series? I don't know, bro. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I would, I also wouldn't be surprised knowing how, you know, creative Nick Nurse is. And we've seen this in the past, like way, way, way in the past, early yeah. 2000s when, when Shaq was un- unstoppable. They would have a backup center just come in to be the guy who takes the fouls so that, you know, whether it be a Siakam or Scotty, they're not the ones getting in foul trouble. Mm. It's a Kem Birch, it's a, you know, someone else, whoever you guys want to kind of label as that guy, but there's a possibility that, you know, nurse employs that. And I do believe at the end of the day,
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: You're right. The foul thing has been something that we've seen not translate for James Harden in the playoffs and for Joel Embiid because of that physicality that just, it, it's a different game in the postseason. Yeah. So I. I I agree. They are going to struggle. And look, the Raptors energy, the way that they play, the way that they pinch on drives, the way that they bother guys, double triple teams to to Joel Embiid. That's, that's kind of their MO. That's what they've been doing all year. Um, And it's been successful. I mean, 16 games above 500 for a reason, right?
1: Exactly. And I look at, uh, I mean, we're talking depth once again, but you could see a case where Pressure Chua plays 35 minutes. You could see a case where Thad Young is just has it going. He's hitting his, his threes and he's being a real disruptor. His minutes are yeah. going up towards the end of the season because Nick Nurse went into win mode. You could see a case where he's going to play like 25 minutes. And they have so many different players that they can head out there and who are going to do their job really, really well. Another yeah. part of this, too, is that I just realized that uh, Joel Embiid hasn't seen Fred or OG all season. He hasn't seen them since last season and in the games last year, granted 76ers won two of them, Raptors won one. Um, He shot six of 20, he had 25 points, 17 rebounds, 12 free throws attempted. The other game, three of 13, 18 points, 12 rebounds, six turnovers. Those are two players who are just like ready to go with mm-hmm. this matchup because they already know how to handle dual and Bede. like once that blitz comes, or or once he takes that dribble like he knows that players like those two are coming and also they're so good at anticipating um the dribbles when they're happening and also yep. being like composed and knowing when to do it and when not to do it not over pinching to you know create a disadvantages on the other sides of the court he hasn't seen them all year. And that is going to be a factor.
2: He's uh, he said it before. He said it in multiple interviews, how much he doesn't hates like it p- hates playing hates the it. Raptors. I mean, look, it, it, and the thing is on defense, it's going to be the same. They're going to get him into rotation. They're going to get him in uncomfortable situations. They're going to get him moving a lot and putting in a lot of work on the defense event. And then mm. on offense, you're seeing double and triple teams constantly. And not only that you're, you're, you're essentially going to be crowded the entire time, which is yeah. why I think, a lot of the factor is going to be can Philly shooters get them and keep them into this basketball game? Can Harden, you know, be that guy for them? Can Danny Green, Maxi Niang, you know, Tobias Harris, all those guys, can they hit their shots? That's, that's the Raptors MO this year. It's Mm -hmm. we're not going to let your star beat us. Who are the, can the supporting cast end up beating us? And if they can, we'll live with that. That's fine. But
1: Yeah. yeah. I'll give credit to Tobias Harris because his touches per game has really gone down since the Harden trade. And I imagine for any player, like you want to be able to feel the ball sometimes, just like touch it. That's why some players struggle when they come off the bench because they just went through warm up and then they go to the bench and they come back. It's like, I haven't felt the ball. I don't have that, that rhythm anymore. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And with James Harden, he's pretty much demanding that. Well, I mean, you got to figure it out because I'm going to hold the ball. And when I kick it out to you in the event that I'm able to, you know, create a mismatch or get into the lane, we'll see if that happens. I need to hit shots. And some of these guys are going to be like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not there yet, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's an interesting thing that they're going to be asking from uh, from a lot of these players. And then one thing I want to mention with the energy thing is that in these last two games between the Raptors and 76ers, James Harden and Joel Embiid, they're shooting 4 of 16 in the fourth quarter. So you talk about wearing down wow. your opponent.
2: Yeah. There you yeah. go. And those are two guys that have been known to, you know, get get tired and, and tire out. And it's just, it's not a... It's not a diss to their conditioning or anything like that, although you can take it as that. I I think it's more so that when it comes to playing the Raptors, they're a type of team that are going to end up tiring you out. And then when it comes to the fourth quarter, you have 50, 70 percent left in the tank versus maybe 85, 90. Yeah. Yeah
1: side note uh question for you do you think the Raptors start precious lachua over Scotty Barnes in this series
2: ah that's tough or maybe I, I actually,
1: or maybe to start the second half or something like that
2: yeah I, I think we'll see a quick sub I, I whether it's a precious or a chem or someone along the lines or maybe they even go their their small ball lineup yeah. Um, and just like live with it, you know, have Pascal at the five or, or Scotty at the five. I do think Scotty ends up getting the matchup against Harden. He's had it through the last two games that they've had. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I think if they like that matchup, they're probably going to end up starting Scotty just so they can match him up with Harden uh, right out the gate. It's going to be tough. I'm, I'm genuinely curious what Nurse does with this as well. But that that kind of goes to to the fifth point here, which is, I think, head and shoulders over him. Nick Nurse <laughs> is a way better coach than Doc Rivers. I think Sixers fans would even agree that yeah. Nick Nurse is a better coach than Doc Rivers. Um, look, we, we've talked about it before, you know, the amount of three, one leads that Doc Rivers has, has blown in the past, uh, the, the playoff mishaps that have happened, the rotations and him messing up lineups, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff has been well-documented, but I mm-hmm. truly think that on the other side of things, it's the fact that Nick Nurse is this out-of-the-nowhere creative type of coach that can yeah. throw different things at you. That's what makes the advantage so stark. It's, it's so big of a contrast because Doc Rivers is very, you know, to his ways. He's not going to – he's frigid. He, he's not going to adjust much. But Nick Nurse is fluid. He's going to be changing it on the fly. Uh, and I think that's that's going to be huge for this series, man. I, I think the coaching advantage is just out of this world for the Raptors. Yeah. So.
1: And like we've talked about already, he just doesn't have a lot of options off his bench. Like Paul Reed is an interesting player. He is a Raptor at heart, six nine, two fifteen. Like that man should be a <laughs> Toronto Raptor. I would love him on the team. Guy yeah. who's just naturally athletic, plays with energy. Um, and the Raptors will figure out his skills. Anyways, besides that point, like Nick Nurse has worked himself into the coach of the year conversation. There are some people kind of whispering about it, just like, you know, yeah. as other players have really ascended in the second half of the season, Pascal, third all, or third all NBA, Scotty Barnes, potentially rookie of the year. Nick nurse has got himself in the coach of the year conversation because you look at where the Raptors were at the beginning of the season versus where they are now, two very different teams. And that's a credit to him, his coaching staff, the players as well, because they've been working at this hammering away at the principles. And we laughed at, you know, he's playing his starters 38 minutes and playing his his bench players like two seconds. But at the end, he said that we demand this level of play. And if you're not going to do it, I'm going to use these guys who are going to do it. Um, So I think, In the end, like you said, um, that's another advantage that the Raptors have. Look at all these advantages, people. And you're worried about it. Come on. Come on.
2: (laughs) I honestly, you know, as I was going through and I was doing my own video for work and trying to like sort out what I could, you know, what the advantages are for the Raptors. I think it just became more and more clear to me that they should, they should be the favorites in this matchup. Um, You know, obviously you have Joel Embiid and James Harden, and that's always going to be, you know, top end talent is always going to outdo you, but In terms of the matchup itself, basketball-wise, it seems pretty clear that the Raptors have the upper hand. It's just about going out and executing that and kind of playing to your strengths. And, you know, hopefully they'll end up winning it in, in five, six, or seven, whatever it is, right? So.
1: There you go. Game one will be interesting. I'm curious how the Raptors come out. That Philly crowd is bananas, and that's yep. one game that I can see the 76ers taking as the Raptors. And, you know, Scotty Barnes, new experience form and all that kind of stuff. But that could be yep. a game where the, 70, or the Raptors struggle a little bit. But other than that, man, I'm very confident that this team will pull this off. S, man, quick hip podcast right there. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: Appreciate you, man. Thank you.